Hey, White Oak. I'm Kevin. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is really good to be with you. Thanks for joining us online. Now, this week, it really started to sink in that things are going to be like this for a while. I set up an office in my garage, and my kids are preparing to do school online, and kind of this new reality just began to uh, sink in. I really do miss meeting together face-to-face, and I look forward to the time when we can be together for real. I want you to know that I've been praying for you. Uh, When I see you check in to our online services or when you submit a prayer request through our app or the website, um, and I've been praying for you. And do me a favor right now, if if you're engaging with us online, won't you just drop one thing in the comments that we can be praying for you about? We're going to get through this. I want you to know that. Uh, We are in this together, and we're going to get through this together. We've been in this series called Bystander, and it is a look at the book of John. Specifically, we've been looking at the miracles that Jesus performs. John calls them signs because he believes that they point specifically towards something, something bigger than just the sign itself. And so as we've been walking through this, John kind of tells us why he wrote his book. He says this in John chapter 20, verse 31. He says, But these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Man, that was good news 2,000 years ago, uh, but it's still good news today. That if we believe that Jesus has the power to heal the sick, that if Jesus has power to give sight back to the blind, that if Jesus has power to raise the dead, what is it that he can't do in our lives? And so we have this power in believing in the name of Jesus. All through the book of John, Jesus has been on this collision course with the cross. It's been his mission to die for the sins of the world. And through the entire thing, as he goes, Miracle by miracle, sign by sign, he draws even closer to the cross. It's been his plan. And so with every event, he angers the religious leaders, but he amazes those in the crowd, the bystanders, those who are a witness to what Jesus is doing. Today we find ourselves at one of Jesus' final miracles, and it offers up some foreshadowing to what's to come. Today, as we look at the miracle of Jesus bringing Lazarus back to life, our big idea is that Jesus has power over death. Man, that is really good news. So here at one of Jesus' final miracles, he performs one of his most powerful signs, a precursor to what we're going to be talking about next week at Easter. And as we talk about Easter, I want you to know that here at White Oak, we're going to be providing a daily devotion for you all of Holy Week, Sunday through Sunday, that walks through the week that is Jesus' final week here on earth before he dies on the cross and is raised from the dead. And so we want you to join us. Make sure you're checking out our Facebook page and uh, engage in those devotions that we're going to be providing for you. Here's the thing. Turning water to wine, healing the cripple making the blind man be able to see, healing the sick. All those things are amazing miracles. But even if you saw that, even if you saw Jesus perform those in person, healing someone 
and bringing somebody back from the dead are two different things. There's a big gap between those two things because here's something that we know. Things that are dead stay dead. At least that's what we believe. One of the hardest things about losing a loved one is the finality of it, right? Anything else we deal with, broken relationship, losing a job, broken bone, being sick, even if it's cancer, there's always this thought in the back of our mind. There's always this hope things can get better. That can go back to the way that it was. This can be fixed. I can be healed. But when we lose someone, when someone dies, man, here on earth, our present reality, that's it. It's over. Things that are dead stay dead. So let's begin our story found in John chapter 11. I encourage you to grab your Bible if you've got it or use your phone app to uh, look it up, but we're in John chapter 11, and I've kind of broken this up into some small sections of scripture and uh, try to help this story move along, Uh, but I want you to follow along with us, and so we're going to begin in John chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, and I've pulled out just some key parts of those three verses, and I want you to hear them. It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Lazarus was one of Jesus's friends. Think about that. Jesus had close, personal friends. Lazarus's sisters don't even refer to him by his name. They just say, hey, Jesus, the one you love is sick. And John, the author of this book, often refers to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. You ever known anybody that just had that kind of personality that anytime you were around them, you felt special. You felt like that you were the only person that mattered. There are just certain people that have these big personalities and they just have this attractive personality that anytime you're around them, you feel like that you're the only person in the world. And I love the fact that Jesus had that ability, that the people who spent time with him felt like they were significant, felt like that Jesus cared for them personally that they were the only person that mattered when they were around him. And maybe you, in the middle of whatever you're going through, the middle of this isolation, that you need to know that Jesus sees you, that Jesus loves you, that you matter to Jesus. So we're going to continue on in verse 4. It says this, says, When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus tells his followers, hey, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. And that end is really, really important. All right? Uh, But I believe that that would have been good news for Jesus' followers. They they trusted him and they believed what he said. And so when he said that Lazarus wasn't going to die, that's what they believed, that that Jesus was going to intervene, that Jesus was going to step in, that Jesus was going to do something about it because he had done that before. But here's the thing. When Jesus finds out that Lazarus is sick, he doesn't move. He stays back for two days. So the question is, why did he stay behind? Why would he not rush off to be with his friend? That seems like the typical Jesus thing to do. If somebody was hurting, if somebody that Jesus loved was sick, that Jesus would go to be with him. 
but he doesn't. And so we have to ask the question, why? Now, Lazarus, because Jesus stays back, he dies. But it's all part of Jesus's plan. It's all part of Jesus's purpose. Jesus, in this sense, allows this to happen. But he kind of gives a reason for it here in verse 14 and 15. It says, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. This is Jesus talking to his followers. He says, look, Lazarus is dead, but for your sake, he says, I'm glad that I was not there, so that, and what's going to happen next, what you're about to see, that you may truly believe in me. Jesus' disciples had been with Jesus for three years, but they had not quite grasped exactly who he was and exactly what he was capable of. They couldn't quite wrap their minds around why he was here on earth. And Jesus is saying, hey, what's about to happen next? It's going to make things more clear for you. Same is true for us, right? If we can believe that Jesus raised a man from the dead, what else is there that Jesus can't do in our life, right? What, what problem do you have? What, what things going on in your life that Jesus can't fix if Jesus has the power over death? So Jesus returns to Lazarus's home. And I want to read some scripture for you that uh, kind of walks us through this interaction a little bit. It says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. So Martha comes out to talk to Jesus, and this is what she says in verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. This is what Martha believes that there was a point in time when if Jesus would have showed up while Lazarus was still sick, that Jesus would have been able to do something about it. But now that Lazarus is dead, it's too late. And she's hurt. And she doesn't quite understand why Jesus wouldn't have come right away. And, and it doesn't make sense to her. So the conversation continues between the two. We pick up in verse 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Now, this is one of those conversations that begins about Lazarus and about physical death. But by the time the conversation's over, it's about much, much more than that. It's about eternity, and it's about who Jesus is. Man, I love that phrase that, that Jesus says. He goes, I am the resurrection and the life. And you want to talk about foreshadowing. It's all right there in that verse. Martha doesn't quite grasp everything that she is saying. She says all the right things, and, and she, she nails it, but she doesn't quite really understand. I mean, check out what she says there. Uh, Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And she goes, I know that he'll rise again someday. Right? She doesn't quite get what Jesus is saying. 
And so there's just this tension between the two. Now, Mary, Martha's sister, comes to meet Jesus. And check out what she says in verse 32. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Does that sound familiar, right? Martha and Mary are of the same idea. That if Jesus would have just showed up, that Jesus could have done something about this. Jesus sees Mary's grief. Jesus sees the grief of those who are around. And in verse 35, we get this powerful picture of Jesus. It simply says, Jesus wept. Jesus has power over death. Why cry? Jesus knows that he is about to bring Lazarus back out of that grave. So why cry? Jesus could have stopped this whole thing before it happened. So why cry? Here's something that I want you to know. That when people hurt, Jesus hurts. So whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, Jesus hurts when you hurt. So people are gathered around and they see what's going on. And there's this theme that's happening, right? There's this question that's being asked. And it's being asked by Mary, it's being asked by Martha, and it's being asked by the crowd. And it goes like this. Jesus, if you had only been here, there was a time and a place where if you would have shown up, you could have done something about it. Look at what they say in verse 37. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? That's the thought, right? That's the big question that everyone's asking. Things that are dead, they stay dead. There was this time when Jesus could have intervened. There was this place where Jesus could have shown up and done something about it. But that time's passed. It's too late now. And Jesus hears all of this talk and he knows what they're thinking. And so he simply just calls out. He says, take away this stone. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And now listen to this, what Jesus says. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out and his hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus has power over death. When everyone felt like that it was too late, it wasn't. When everyone felt like that it was over, it wasn't. Let me ask you, what's dead in your life? What's too far gone in your life? What have you given up on in your life? Is it your marriage? Is it a relationship that's just so broken that you feel like there's no bringing it back? Is it your past? You've done some things and you just think there's no way that Jesus can forgive me of that. It's dead. It's too late. What's got you feeling dead inside? Like Jesus could have stepped in at one point in time, but now... It's too far gone. It's too late. Let me tell you, Jesus brings dead things back to life. I love what he says in verse 44. It says, the dead man came out. Jesus wants to do that for you. There's something in your life that Jesus wants to redeem. There's something in your life that Jesus wants to bring back to life. Some of us have had Jesus do that 
work in our life. He's brought us back to life. He's, He's redeemed something in our life. He's saved us from something. But we're walking around like we're still dead. Jesus says, take the grave clothes off and let him go. Some of us need to take those grave clothes off. Jesus wants to resurrect something in your life. Jesus wants to show his saving power with something in your life. Jesus wants to redeem something in your life. It's not too late. It's not too far gone. It never is with Jesus. So John concludes his story this way. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. Jesus accomplished his goal in two ways, really. The crowds that saw what he had done, raising a man from the dead, they believed in him because of it. Jesus' followers, they had extreme faith in Jesus because of what they saw, what they witnessed, what they were bystanders to. But Jesus also pushed the the limit. He, He also angered those leaders. He scared them with what he did. And so now this sign, this miracle was going to lead to his death. Right? Jesus had brought a man back to life. And because of that, now he had to die. As we prepare for this next week, this leading into Easter, but I want you to be thinking about Jesus and his mission to seek and save the lost and how that led him to the cross and how Jesus wants to save you. And he wants to save me. And he wants to do that miracle in our life. We're all witnesses, bystanders to the work of Jesus. We see it all around us. Jesus working in the lives of others. And so we've been doing these videos, these bystander videos, where people, just normal people, see Jesus moving in the lives of others and they tell the story. So won't you check out this bystander video? Oh, over the years, I have observed Jenny as she has developed professionally. And I know that she has quite an empathy for other people, which is why she's chosen the career field that she has in counseling. Like I said before about the empathy, uh, her ability to counsel with others and families is, is great. It has also been developed in her passion, the empathy towards other people and her passion towards missions. Anyone that goes to India is going to have a huge impact on their life and Jenny's no different. I, I can assure you and I know that Jenny would affirm this that if we have half the effect on the lives of the people there that we've gone to serve that they have on ours. We've done a good job. Um, I'm still trying to figure that out. (laughs) Um, I 
tease people and say that God's still small voice doesn't work for me. I need a brick that's thrown at my head. Um, so I'm kind of waiting for the brick. <laughs> but I am, I'm just listening for uh, his, his voice and um, what he expects. I and mean, clearly he wants me to do something because a lot of doors are opening up and there are a lot more opportunities for me to talk about my faith. Um, so I'm just kind of going wherever that's going to take me.